What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jake McCarn, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, we have gone through the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, which was three out of the Power 5, but Daniel, it is time for the Power 2, and that is, we're going to start with the Big 10 East, so a big boy, I mean... Divisions, although they're going away, divisions in college football don't get much better than the Big Ten East. Yeah, this one, this one's solid. Uh, definitely has a big three. So excited to dive into those. But yeah, this one, I think, is you know the the top half of this division is going to benefit ultimately from you know getting rid of divisions because. You're going to see several of these two, these top three teams rotate as either Big Ten champs or Big Ten representatives going forward, where there's only been one spot for them in the past. Now there's two. So, uh, well, not yet. There will be two. So this is that last year. I'm going to talk about another team that I think is going to greatly benefit in this division from going to divisionless play. Daniel, starting with the top. As far as win total goes, there's two teams tied with the highest win total in the Big Ten East. And we're going to go with the team that's beaten the other team two years in a row. Back-to-back Big Ten champs, the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan, I mean, Jim Harbaugh two off-seasons ago restructured his contract because of how poorly they were performing. He goes and wins the Big Ten, goes to the playoff, loses in a, loses in a semi to the eventual, the eventual national champ. He then interviews for an NFL job on National Signing Day. <laughs> turns loses both coordinators, turns around and goes twelve and zero, thirteen and zero, wins the Big Ten again, beats Ohio State again. Can they top last year? Win total set at ten and a half. Daniel, how are you feeling about the Michigan Wolverines? Yeah, Michigan. All right. Should we stop doubting them? Should we stop doubting at least in the in the conference? I mean, everything in me wants to continue picking Ohio State um, as we go forward, just because of I know what their talent profile is and everything of the sort. But Michigan. They've just been able to do it the past two years. They've done it two different quarterbacks, so it's not like you could point to any one player. It's the program as a whole has taken that step forward. I think the belief is there. Uh, Jim Harbaugh really has – I mean, it's almost like the exodus he had where he lost Josh Gaddis and, you know, Mike McDonald. It's almost like he's got kind of a – you know, it's, it's his voice. This is his program. And if there's ever any doubt before, there's none now. Um, Blake Corum coming back, I think at running back, I think that that's big because he's going to be at, he's going to be the one main running back I think that's listed among the Heisman contenders. Um, and Donovan Edwards, you saw him kind of finish the year as the starter, um, and he had a really good season. So I think this may be the best one-two punch at running back in the country. Um, at least most proven. Uh, and then J.J. McCarthy coming back 
for as at quarterback, I'm interested to see his progression and his maturation. If he's going to continue to, uh, to show out um, their leading receiver coming back is Cornelius Johnson, who just short of 500 yards um, receiving. They bring in some impressive transfers. That's what I wanted to hit on. Indiana transfer AJ Barner at tight end, uh, former four star coming in. Um, they they bring in um, Ladarius Henderson, uh, offensive lineman from Arizona State, another four star. Um, and then Josiah Stewart, an edge uh, from from Coastal Carolina. So he's making a big jump, but he's a four star in the transfer portal. Uh, Ernest Hossman. Um, from Nebraska, a transfer at linebacker. So I like this movement. Um, I also, hey, Jack Tuttle transferring in from Indiana as a backup QB. So I like all this movement. I think that this is going to lead to uh, just some good quality depth as well as plug some holes because they they do have only six returning starters on offense. But, you know, obviously Ladarius Henderson's coming in and take one of those starting spots. Uh, defensively, they have seven returning guys. Um, I think they're going to be able to be balanced, which is what Michigan's about. They've got all the right guys in the right spots coming back. The identity is there. The belief is there. So looking through their schedule, um, they've got three easy out-of-conference opponents. This is what you're supposed to do at the Pac-12 and everybody else. Uh, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, they should be 3-0 in those. Then they get Rutgers and at Nebraska. I mean, they've got a pretty smooth start to the season. Um, the Ohio State game is at home. They go to Penn State. Um, but, yeah, this schedule doesn't really scare me. What's what's our win total at, 10? 10 and a half. 10 and a half. I'm going over. I think 11 is very – very possible um, and very likely, um, even if even if I were to pick Ohio State to beat them, that's just one game. It's very manageable otherwise, and especially at the beginning of the year. I think beginning of the year is key. Get their stuff established and then get them rolling. I think they'll be ready to go, ready to go by the season's end. Ten and a half. This is so they ranked they ranked seventh in the country in returning production. Twenty um, fifth on offense, fifth on defense. They're they're bringing back a lot. The, I mean, this is almost a copy and paste team from last year. A team that went twelve and zero. A team that beat Ohio State in the horseshoe. Um, team that ran for over four hundred yards against Penn State. A quarterback who should be a Heisman hopeful. They've done everything except win when they got to the playoff. And they're hungry for a national title. This fan base is hungry for a national championship. My question for Michigan is, now this recruiting class, the class of 2024 for them, they're finally cashing in a little bit on the success they've had on the field because they didn't do it the previous two classes. I just wonder, like, I think about Georgia in 2017. All right. Georgia wins the SEC in you know, Curry Smart's second year. They beat Auburn in the SEC championship. They go to the playoff. They win against Oklahoma, that epic Rose Bowl game. They go to the national championship. They lose in overtime on the last play. 
and everyone has assumed like, well, George is going to be right back in it next year. And they're going to be here for years to come. George is there now, but Daniel, it took five more years to get back for Georgia. When you get your shot, you got to take it. Michigan would have been a much better matchup for Georgia in the national championship. Um, we saw what Ohio State did to Georgia, took them to the wire. This is a Michigan team that beat down that Ohio State team. Um, you can't waste opportunities like that because it's not guaranteed, even with Michigan's schedule this year, that that's going to come back. Michigan's schedule is extremely manageable. Um, I don't like that they play in their last four games. I mean, it's it's backloaded. It's Purdue at Penn State at Maryland, Ohio State. Maryland would love nothing more than to ruin your season when you have that sandwich game between Penn State and Ohio State. I don't know where the losses happen. I'm going to go under simply on the fact of I just don't know how long you can sustain this when everyone else in the Big Ten, I say everyone else, the other two teams you're competing against, the Big Ten, now have a target on your back at Michigan. And call me an idiot. They've done it back-to-back. I don't know if they can do it three times. I'm going to lean under. I think 10-2 and is very likely with the schedule. And another great Michigan team that could be, look, we talked about a pre-show. The Big Ten East, I think, is the best division, top the, the best top of the division of college football. You have three teams that are probably, I'll say consensusly in the top eight teams in the country, based on everybody. I think they might, might have three of the top five teams in the country in this division. And what stinks is you could go 10-2 and, and be a top five team in the country in the Big Ten East. So I'm going to go 10-2 for Michigan, slight under. Um, I just think they should have taken advantage of their chances when they got it because Penn State and Ohio State are getting better, you know? Um, it's hard to keep good teams out. So we will see Harbaugh forward at the NFL again. I think it's going to bite him eventually. Um, I'll say it bites him this year. We move on to the other team with a 10.5 win total, the Ohio State Buckeyes. At 10.5, this team went 11-1 last year, only lost to Michigan in that game in the horseshoe. They take Georgia to the brink in the playoff, lose that game by a missed field goal. A lot of people considered that a better, you know, a national title matchup considering what Georgia did at TCU uh, in that national championship. Ryan Day, you've lost back-to-back games against Michigan. Now you've lost C.J. Stroud. What do you do now? Yeah, so... This this team, I mean, I think it's I think there is a certain amount of fatigue about talking about wide receivers from Ohio State. And I think that's the wrong thing because they are I really can't oversell this. They are really the best, most deep wide receiver unit in the country. And just an example is obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. probably going to be listed on Heisman lists, at least as should be very, very good player Uh, elite, you know, going to be a, a, I mean, mark it down. It'll be a top 10 pick next year, size, everything, pedigree, 
the whole deal. Uh, obviously, assuming no injury, things like that. But he's built he's built for it. Emeka Abuka, Julian Fleming. These are guys that have been depth pieces in the past that were always those guys that would come in and make big plays. Well, now that group is going to be their freshman group that just came in. Carnell Tate, uh, number three, number six overall player in the country, their number one player on this team, uh, on this recruiting class, Noah Rogers, and then Brandon Ennis. So just three more elite wide receivers, not just good wide receivers. These are the highest rated players in their class. So want to emphasize that they also bring in transfer Lorenzo Styles at wide receiver, a four-star from Notre Dame. So just this stacked group, and I, I just don't see that that part going away anytime soon. Travion Henderson at running back, I mean, kind of entering that money year, that contract year. He's going to play this year, have a good – if he has a good year, go pro. Um, Mayan Williams, who proved to be that that tough back last year um, and battled through injuries – You've got both of them healthy. I mean, that's – we just talked about Michigan's backfield. One of those next backfields is probably Ohio State. Uh, you talked about C.J. Stroud not being there anymore. Kyle McCord, former five-star coming in, um, been in the program. This is his third year in the program. Um, he came in with Marvin Harrison Jr. They went to the same high school. They've already got, you know, great chemistry as far as that goes. Um want to give a little stat that I oh my gosh it went away um I'm going to come back to that but um dad gummit I had it ready and ready to go and Twitter kicked me out um anyways defensively JT Tomulau um coming back maybe the premier defensive player in college football this year. Last year, there's a lot of talk about Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. This year, you're going to get a lot of that from JT Tuamulau because you're not just going to get the push from people who know college football. You're going to get those NFL guys coming in and saying, hey, that's the guy we're watching. Hey, this is the guy. He's a junior. He's going to be a top 10, 15 pick, maybe top, top five. Who knows if he has that year. He plays the right position, can blow things up. Jack Sawyer, another former five-star at the other DN spot. Um, a lot of these guys are back from last year. Looking at the schedule, as far as the the non-conference, they do have to play Notre Dame. I do think that'll be a tough one, That and it's at Notre Dame. That being said, this is a team that should not have that as an issue. I'm circling um, at Wisconsin as a potential trip-up game, Penn State, and then obviously at Michigan. This 10-and-a-half, though, I'm a believer in Ohio State. I have them going over as well. I have them at least at 11 wins. Not sure. I might have them going undefeated. We'll see. But they are definitely over 10 and a half. We'll keep them at 11 and one now. I want to keep a level head on this. But over with Ohio State. And after you talk, I might have a stat to give us. Uh, Look, I picked Ohio State to go 12 and 0 the last two seasons. And to win the national title the last two seasons, am I foolish enough again to do it again? No. So I'm not going to pick them to go 12 and no, but I am going to pick them to go over this win total. I do think Ohio State is still good enough to go 11 and one. Yeah. The the one concern, I mean, the offense is the offense. We know what Ohio State's offense is. 
Um, the one concern I have on the offense is they're replacing two offensive tackles and they had to go rely on like a group of five starters to come be their left tackle. Um, oh gosh, who's that transfer? Uh, Josh Fryer. There you go. Um, nope, it's the right tackle. Yeah, Josh Simmons from San Diego State. Um, that concerns me because tackle so important, especially with the schedule. You get you go to Notre Dame out of conference. You go to Michigan. You get Wisconsin out of the West on the road. Um, you open up in Indiana. Not that that's like a, you know, it's a whatever game, but you're opening up on the road in the Big Ten. You know, Indiana hasn't lost a game yet, so undefeated in Indiana. Uh, the offense of the offense. This should be the best or the second best offense of college football. Top two. New quarterback doesn't concern me. These receivers are absolute freaks. You hit on it. There's, I mean, they're like 10 deep in five-star receivers at this point. It's it's ridiculous. The defense. This is year two of, oh, goodness. I lost Jim his Mills. name. Jim Thank Mills. you. I almost, said, I almost said Jim Leonard. And I was like, that's not it. Year two of Jim Knowles. Second year in a system. And, dude, he's he's got some dudes. You mentioned JTT. You know who their other edge rusher is? Jack Sawyer, another top five player from the 2021 class. Yep. Um, I mean, th- these are bona fide, like future NFL players in their contract seasons, you know, as far as it goes in college football. Denzel Burke, I mean, their entire secondary comes back. Um, that was a strong secondary in the Big Ten last year, a lot of athleticism. Losing to Daniel. Um, <laughs> excuse me for the yawn. Uh, if this defense is a top 15 defense in college football and the offense is what the offense is, then yeah, they're going over this win total. Ohio State's going to go 11-1 and one, um, over the win total and find themselves right back in the Big Ten Championship. So uh, picking Ohio State to win the division. Yes, I'm buying Ohio State again. Why wouldn't I? They should be the favorite to win the division. They're top to bottom, the most talented team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I can't wait to see the defense improve this year and watch them go in the Big Ten championship. I don't. The schedule's too tough, too tough for them to go undefeated. I do think that. Uh, I think they lose a game, but I like Ohio State to be eleven and one. I've got a stat for Ryan Day, first year starting quarterbacks. Ooh. You may have seen this, but. College football nerds, if you don't follow them, follow them on Twitter. They're fun to follow us at CFB nerds. This is the average QB season of a first-year starter under Ryan Day at Ohio State. Yards, 4,179. Yards per attempt, 9.9. Touchdown interception is 45 touchdowns to six picks. Average career pass attempts before first start is 32. So this is truly usually a guy who's not been any sort of a, you know, a, a guy who's who's played at all. Uh, average season for the last three Heisman QBs is 5,000 yards, 9.6 yards per attempt, so less than this Ohio State quarterback aggregate, and touchdown interception is 49 to 6. So very similar. Um you look at what Kyle McCord's already done. He's got 
58 pass attempts. So he's already ahead of the curve if you're looking at this. So definitely believe that Kyle McCord's going to be one of these that you can just flip the switch and this offense is going to go. It doesn't hurt that, again, all these receivers we've mentioned, on top of that, him and Marvin Harrison already have a built-in chemistry from high school. So you're just adding all of it together. Uh, This is a very special, special offense, um, and I think that you're going to see that, obviously, again this year. I was looking at the years. I was like, I want to make sure I have this right, though, as far as who those quarterbacks were. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> who was bananas his his year. Justin Fields and CJ Stroud. <laughs> Great stat. Uh, I, hey, but I mean, it's not like Kyle McCord wasn't a five-star either like those guys were. Well, so. to also put, I mean, to put in perspective, though, those guys have not really looked. I mean, we haven't seen CJ Stroud in the NFL yet. Justin Fields is definitely a, being developed and, you know, Dwayne Haskins, obviously, you know, he's he's passed away and hate to hear all that. But in the NFL, he hadn't quite cut it yet. So these guys, it's almost like he was able to maximize their potential. Uh, again, I'm not trying to grade them versus the NFL versus the college game because that's not that's kind of a clunky uh, comparison. But it does seem like he was able to, you know, squeeze out all of their pr- production that he could get out of them yeah. while they were in Columbus. Love it. Ohio State, we both got him at 11-1. and one. Let's go to the other part of the big three, Penn State. Penn State, twin total sitting at 9.5. This is James Franklin's 10th year here at Penn State. Uh, this is a team that... You know, returning production, kind of middle of the pack. Good, not great, but a lot of that is, you know, on offense, you lose Sean Clifford, what, like a I think he's an eight-year starter for James Franklin there at Penn State. Um, so, big, big loss there. Uh, nine and a half, Daniel. Can Penn State crack this top tier in the Big Ten? Yeah, so Drew Aller played a decent amount last year. Um, you return five starters on offense. I'm big on Theo Johnson at tight end, him being back. I think he's going to have a big season. Um, And then, yeah, you bring it back Singleton uh, at running back along with Katron Allen. Dante Cephas transferring in from Kent State, Um, four-star. I think that's going to be a very uh, smooth, easy connection for Drew Aller. Um, Also adding in Malik McClain. Um, Trey Potts transferring over from Minnesota. Uh, so you've got some guys coming in there. Um, the state of this program is very healthy because you look at their recruiting this past year. They, they're they in the top 15, so number 14, but their top player, J- uh, Javin Williams, uh, five-star offensive tackle, and then Alex Birchmeyer, four-star offensive tackle. They, I think they've got um, you know, their priority straight. I think this team's going to be tough. Um, strong running team, six returning starters on defense. Uh, looking through their schedule, they start the year with, with West Virginia. Um, that's a name value game. It'll be worth watching because of that. Penn State should run them out of out of the stadium. They're going to destroy West Virginia that opening weekend, I believe. Then they play Delaware as and UMass are their other two out of conference games. They should 
handle both of those uh, with ease. Um, they do go to Ohio State this year, which that could be a benefit because if it was a game they're already going to lose, they get Michigan at home. Maybe they can leverage that one into a win. Um, we have them at nine and a half. Nine and a half. I hate to keep going over, but I really believe in in Penn State. I think ten and two is not just likely or not just you know possible. It's probable. I think it's something that's very likely to happen, um, especially if Drew Aller can be more of a consistent player than what Sean Clifford was. Clifford was a high floor guy. I think Aller could maybe take them over the top. So. We'll see what happens, but give me the over Penn State ten and two. Drew Lar had a perfect rating on twenty four seven Sports Grade. He was their number one quarterback for the class of twenty twenty two. You've mentioned the running back rooms at Michigan, Ohio State. I will raise you and say that I think the best one two punch in the Big Ten is Nick Singleton. Katrin Allen. I think they had the best one-two punch. These are both sophomores this year. Um, fresh legs, pending injury, of course. I think I like these two better than the other ones. Receiver's going to be the weak, the weak point on offense. They do bring in, like you mentioned, Dante Steve as a transfer. I think it's good a good addition. Obviously, they needed him because he's going to come in and probably start. The offensive line is strong. Daniel, where I think this team takes a big step is I think Penn State might have the best defense in the Big Ten this year. Um, they had the best defensive line. They had the best linebackers. I think it's between them and Ohio State for best secondary. This is James Franklin's best team. I think that he's ever he's that he's ever coached. They have a window here. I, I it's not hear me right. They don't have to win for like James Franklin to keep his job or have to win to do this. I just think, again, when you get an opportunity like this, you take it. You get to split Michigan and Ohio State, home and away. This is the last year you may have to play both of them. Well, next year, they don't, do they play either of them next year? I can't remember what that schedule. Anyway, I haven't looked at that schedule yet. The win total is at 9.5, Daniel. I'm looking at the schedule, and the schedule is manageable. Your road games are Ohio State, which you mentioned, Maryland, Northwestern, Illinois. Like, where's the scary game in there? Like, in Maryland, it's not even like a, you know, it's it's the week before Michigan, so you can't look too far ahead, but I'm going to take kind of, kind of a leap here, Daniel. I, this is James Franklin's best team. I think that his experience, Manny Diaz calling a defense, I think he's a great fit at Penn State right now. He's a heck of a defensive coordinator. You have your most talented quarterback you've ever had. 11 and 1. I think Penn State has a chance to contend for this division, contend at this conference. And I think they're a legitimate national title contender. Um, I'm going to go over on Penn State. I have Penn State at 11 and 1. So there is my, uh, I said I had a surprise for you before we recorded. So there's my surprise is 11 to 1, Penn State. Let's go down to our next win total. Kind of have a big drop from 10.5, 9.5 down to 7. Maryland. Maryland is 7 round number, win total. 
Mike Loxley. He's in year, goodness, fifth year. Yeah, fifth year here at Maryland. Um, they've kind of quietly just been okay. Their, their, their crime is they're playing the Big Ten East, where you've got <laughs> Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, their one total set at seven. How are you feeling about the Terrapins? So it's crazy because Josh Gaddis resurfacing as offensive coordinator here at Maryland, and he's co-coordinator with Kevin Sumlin. I mean, Just, what a re- what a retread! Yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is something to behold. Uh, only player most people probably know is Talia Tagovailoa uh, with Maryland. Um, I mean, he's he's good. I mean, he's as good as it gets at Maryland, honestly. And Roman Hemby is a guy who got to keep an eye on at running back. Um, he's you know like second team All Big Ten. You know, he's a good he's a good player, good all purpose player. Um, had nearly a thousand yards last year, ten touchdowns on the ground. Um, definitely someone to keep an eye on at running back. Um, if I'm looking through. The schedule, Towson and Charlotte, I like Maryland's chances. They play Virginia. We don't think a whole lot of Virginia. This is a nice little throwback ACC bash, but I think that they can handle Virginia, especially since it's a home game. I think that's important. Um, But they do have, you know, obviously Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State on the schedule. They play at Ohio State. They get Michigan and Penn State at home. Um, I'm also looking at them potentially losing, I don't know, maybe at Nebraska or Indiana potentially, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I think, well, Indiana and Rutgers, I think they could take care of them. I'm going through Illinois, I think is a tough game. So I've got them, let's see, one, two, three, four, Four losses, five losses. I think the most they can lose is five games. The schedule, well, hold on. No, I got, I could, they could lose six. I'm going to go under because there's a chance with some of these other schools like Michigan State, um, Illinois, if they, if they cycle up, I think Illinois is a better team than them, but. Michigan State, I think they're kind of even with, and it's at Michigan State. So I'm going to go slightly under because I don't want to just say seven wins. I think that's pretty likely that's seven and five. I'm going to go six and six. Maryland, I think, is going to be a top 40 team this year. This is the team that I think most benefits from the Big Ten getting rid of divisions because their schedule will be easier every year. I think if Maryland was in the Big Ten West this year, they would have the second best odds to win the Big Ten West. Like, I, I think they're that good of a team, but you're in the same division as Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. So it's, you just kind of get forgotten about. That's just what happens. Um, their one totals at seven. I actually lean over here. I think this should be like a top 40 offense and a top 30 defense for Maryland. And if that's the case, Obviously, you've got the three games that I think they're probably, you know, is definitely a lean loss uh, against the big three. And then if you can split Michigan State, um, Illinois, Nebraska, go, go two and one against that stretch, that gets me over. So 
I'd like it a lot better, like six and a half. I'd feel very comfortable going over there. Um, but even with seven, I'll go over, I think eight and four uh, is where I land with with Maryland. When I count the wins, I get exactly seven. Uh, I'm going to lean Maryland in one of these games and go over. So eight and four for the Terrapins. Let's go to Michigan State. Michigan State, Daniel, the team that played in the Peach Bowl in the 2021 season. Uh, you know, like the, the transfer portal, all stars went 11 and two that year, five and seven last year. I mean, Mel Tucker's a $10 million man or $9 million man uh, a year over at Michigan State. They kind of need a bounce back year, I feel like, after last year. How are you feeling about the Spartans? Yeah, I would feel a lot better if they weren't just losing players left and right to the portal, especially starting quarterback Peyton Thorne going to Auburn, best offensive playmaker in Keon Coleman going to Florida State. I did not mention, sorry, four and a half is the win total. Oof, okay. Um, Yeah, just kind of going through here trying to discern who is still on this roster. <laughs> um, but regardless, this this is a team that I think can play with pride. I'm concerned with Mel Tucker that the year that he had, that was a pop year, it really felt like things were trending in the right direction. After last year, going five and seven causes you to kind of take a look and say, okay, his track record, looking at the so-so year, Colorado, and then kind of putting the pieces together, what what do we really know? What do we really there's not a whole lot of tangible things we could say, this is a team that can do this, this is a team that can do that. Like I said, they're gonna be breaking a new QB regardless. Um Four and a half. Let me just go through and count wins. Central Michigan and Richmond, I think that they can win those games. They get a tough non-conference game against Washington. They get it at home, but it's Washington. And Washington, we have high expectations for this year. Maryland. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting up to four games that I think that they can win short of them just surprising me and just going on a crazy run, maybe upsetting some folks that we don't expect them to. It's going to be tough getting to five wins this year. So I'm going to go under, I'm going to stay at four and eight. It's tough, man. Uh, This, this schedule too, they've got five big 10 road games. Only three true Big Ten home games because of the new TV contract and NBC hosting, you know, a nighttime primetime slot in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan State is hosting Penn State in Detroit. Not smart. Yeah. Yeah. Not smart. Um, So only three Big Ten home games. But that was interesting. Yeah. Still has an ability to be a top 30 defense in college football. My question to the offense. Uh, 111th in returning production is rough. Um, but it's also a team that wasn't great on offense last year. Uh, so maybe it's a net positive. Mel Tucker said that you know they they had to fix some some culture things. 
maybe they did this this offseason. I, I just think four and a half is too low. Uh, I got this team making a bowl this year. Out of the West, I mean, they get Washington, which is tough. Getting Iowa early, I think, is good um, and not late, you know, before they start seeing the uh, the point ticker and realizing they got to score with a 25 a game to for Brian Ferentz to keep his job. So um, I, I'm going to believe in Mel Tucker a little bit here and say a bounce back year, increase by a win, make a bowl game, which I think bare minimum you got to do. Again, another team that's going to benefit from the Big Ten getting rid of divisions, Michigan State. All right, Daniel, bottom of the Big Ten East, Rutgers. Rutgers with a win total of a flat four. Uh, this is a team that went four and eight last year. Greg Shiano's fourth year back, 15th year at Rutgers. Kind of crazy. How do you feel about the Scarlet Knights? I'll be honest, I thought we were doing Indiana next. Oops. Is it Rutgers or Indiana? They're both at four. Okay. That is fine. Let me get to my Rutgers page. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Greg Shiano <laughs> at Rutgers. We're at four wins. Four wins. Okay. So I think there's a consistent build back of culture undergoing, but looking through. We've got breaking in a new QB, Gavin Wimstott, uh, five returning starters on offense. We've got seven coming back on defense, a four and eight team last year. They've got Wisconsin out of the West, Virginia Tech in the non conference. I think that's going to, I think Virginia Tech is circling Rutgers as a game that they want to win. So I think that that's a tough one. They play Wagner, which I didn't know that that was a school. So I think they're going to get that dub uh, in the non-conference. Temple is not going to be easy, uh, but no, that's not a guaranteed win. And I'm looking at their other, uh, it's Virginia Tech, Wagner, and and Temple. So they could go one and two in their non-conference, which would be very tough considering they play at Iowa, at Penn State. Indiana, who's relatively even to them, maybe a little bit better, you play at Indiana. So that's not going to be good. At Wisconsin, I think it's a loss at Michigan. So I think this is a a three-win team. So I'm going under. I'm with you. Under three and nine. Schedule's tough. Temple's not a guaranteed win. Virginia Tech's. Super not a guaranteed win. Um, you get Wisconsin, you get Northwestern. Um, they only had one Big Ten win last year against Indiana. Tough schedule. Under for me at three and nine. Indiana, also at four, also coming off of a very disappointing four and eight season. Tom Allen's seventh year here at Indiana. I mean, you get Louisville in the non con. Uh, Indiana State and Akron, whatever, but man, uh, tough schedule here in the Big Ten East. Any hope for Indiana going over four? I think hope. You could say there's hope because of bringing in Taven Jackson at QB, 
um, a four-star transfer from Tennessee. So I think there's going to be some excitement to the offense, um, kind of like when Michael Penix was there. So interesting to see what Taven Jackson does. He's got four years of eligibility. He's a redshirt freshman. So um want to see what he can do in this offense and if he's able to you know crack anything but they've only got five starters back on offense granted you know four offensive linemen and then they've got uh just two guys back on defense that could be a good thing because they weren't very good last year so maybe the new blood will get them going uh if they're four wins i'm counting indiana state akron Rutgers, and I'm having trouble pinning down a fourth win for them as well. So I'm going to say under if we're going over and under. I kind of like them right at four and eight because I think they're going to upset maybe one of these teams we're not expecting. So I'll say right at four and eight for Indiana. I'm going to go under. I'm just not a believer. I look at the schedule, there's no guaranteed wins. Um, there's a whole lot of, I say no guaranteed wins. He very likely wins against Indiana state in Akron, but there's no other game on the schedule that I haven't, I haven't given them a like greater than half percent, you know, chance to win. So it's Indiana, man. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think you, you've seen the peak and that was, you know, 19 and 20 COVID season and, an eight and five year in 19. I think the majority of years are going to look like this, which is under the win total at four. I just think it's tough, man. 121st returning production. That's not good for an Indiana team. So especially 124th on defense and you got to play these offenses. Yikes. Um, so I'm going to go under the win total for Indiana. Yeah, you're right at it. I'm under it. Tough season for Indiana. Daniel, we, we will be, we will be back next week to discuss the Big Ten West, uh, a much more fun division in that. A lot of parity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I couldn't tell you right now who the favorite is in the division. Maybe Wisconsin on odds. I'm going to have to go look. But, a couple of new coaching staffs that we really like. Yeah. That's Some, right. A lot of fun to discuss. A couple of big transfers. Maybe look. QB action at Iowa. Who knows? We'll see. Who knows? Brian Ferentz, can he score 350 points? We'll on, the, see. on the whole season. On the on whole, whole season. season. Oh, that's still so funny. We'll discuss that next week. Be sure to follow us here on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. There we go. At the Extra Point Pod. You can follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes. With a K, that'll do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. See you.